0: Another episode of SA, episode number 25. I'm Brad Brown. It's good to be with you. Thank you uh, for taking the time to download and listen to this uh, triathlon podcast aimed specifically at the South African market. But we do have people from around the globe who listen uh, on a weekly basis. And it is the week after Ironman 70.3 in Buffalo City. If you were down there, I hope you had a fantastic race. Uh, From a personal perspective, myself... I uh, mentioned last week that I'm going into it pretty underdone, and uh, yeah, I was very, very chuffed. I ended up having a fantastic race. Wasn't anywhere close to a PB, but really took it easy because I knew I hadn't done enough training and, and had a fantastic day. Managed to finish comfortably and really, really enjoyed myself out there. Uh, and to everyone who, who came up to me this weekend and, and just let me know how much they love the podcast, thank you so much. Uh, it's just validating what we're doing here Try Talk SA and uh, motivated us to. To keep working even harder than what we have over the last six months uh, to build this podcast and help build the triathlon scene here in South Africa. Coming up on this week's show, uh, we chatted to uh, the winner of actually both the men's and the ladies' race last week on the show. And this week we catch up with another Kanama, but not James, the winner of the men's race, his sister Megan. Who raced this weekend as well? Uh, she did a personal best and it was a bit of a family affair for the Canemers uh, because Mom Margie also raced this weekend. Her first completion of Ironman seventy point three. She r- raced last year and was unable to to uh, finish the race. She missed one of the cutoffs. But uh, yeah, I chatted to Megan a little bit about her uh, journey into triathlon as well. Also caught up with uh, a name not synonymous with triathlon, more of road running here in South Africa, is April who was actually part of Ironman 70.3 this past weekend uh, in one of the teams, and they finished second overall. He ran a 63-half marathon uh, on that course in his London, 63-minute uh, half marathon on that course. Phenomenal performance. And then also caught up with uh Benita Suckling who has a phenomenal triathlon story. She also raced Ironman 70.3 this weekend, and I wanted her to share her story with you. Uh, Truly inspiring, and she's on a a phenomenal journey and just doing some great things in honor of her son, uh, Jed, who we'll chat a little bit about on the show this week as well. Also, a big thank you if you are subscribing on iTunes, if you've left a review and a rating. already do appreciate it. And also, all the feedback from the 70.3 webinar that we did just a couple of weeks ago in the build-up to that race in East London. have had some wonderful feedback from that as well. If you'd like to be in touch, let me know what you think of the show. If there's something we can improve on, please do let me know. Podcast at trytalksa.coza. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. And just a heads up as well, I'm doing a bit of traveling over the next few weeks. And this is the first week that uh, I'm away from my studios in Johannesburg, and this has been a, a, an interesting recording week, I can tell you. Uh, a couple of the interviews uh, were recorded uh, in Velcom while I was doing some work in the Free State, and uh, also one of them in Bloemfontein. So uh, the sound quality, as you'll hear, is not as great as it normally is when I'm in studio, but yeah, not bad, and hopefully you enjoy the interviews on this week's show as well. Let's get straight into it, and we kick things off with Megan Kanema. Well, it's a few days after Ironman 70.3 in Buffalo City, and uh, lots of excitement around, some cool races uh, that have been done. I've read a few race reports that are, are fantastic as well. And uh, yeah, after last week's show, we, we chatted to, to some of the, the contenders, funnily enough. Uh, we ended up chatting to to both the eventual winners as well. I thought I'd get someone else on the show who's actually connected to both of the winners as well. Uh, and she did a personal best on Sunday too. Megan Kunima, welcome on to Try Talk SA. Thanks for, for chatting to us. Thank you for having me. Megan, it was a pretty cool day day out for, for you in particular from a, from a family perspective, but we'll touch on that in a moment from a personal perspective. Tell us a little bit about your race. How did it go? Yeah, it went
1: really well. Um, I managed to get a, a PB, so I was very happy with that. Um, managed to improve all my times, my swim, my bike, and my run, so it was a good day out for me. That's
0: brilliant, and and you took you you shaved quite a bit of time off last year's time. What what was yeah. different in twenty in twenty fourteen as opposed to twenty
1: thirteen? Um, I trained a whole lot harder, <laughs> uh, which which helped, um, and I think it helped to know what I was in for. Uh, last year, uh, seriously, I seriously underestimated the course. Um, so this
0: year I did a lot more time on the bike, which helped yeah i, I
1: um, made it
0: a little bit easier I, I think a lot of people underestimate that bike course megan i mean i the last time I did seventy point three in east London was in in twenty eleven so it's been a few years since I was back then and yeah I, I mean that that bike course is not easy. i mean even if that was just a, a cycle race on its own it it would be a tough it would be a very tough ride yeah, it
1: is it's really tough uh i as I say, I seriously underestimated it in 2013. Nah, I thought 90k, I can do that. I've done August, it's, it'll be easy. It
0: was not easy at all. And this year, I thought I've done a whole lot more training. It'll be easy. No, yeah. it wasn't easy. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and, and the weather conditions. I know a lot of a lot of the girls were were saying that that it, it got quite nasty out on the bike, especially the second half. And and I mean, starting later than the, the sort of earlier the, or the younger guys. You guys got the got the brunt of it on the bike. I mean, I, I caught probably the, the the first bit of it coming down past Hemingways, but apparently it was it was quite hectic out there on the bike for the girls.
1: Yeah, I mean, the wind definitely picked up while we were up there. I uh, I turned around and I thought, right, it's it's not too windy today. It'll be fun. I mean, I got about five k's back and it just was it was really howling gales. it was it was hard i think my mom got it even worse than we did though she was probably half an hour me and she said it got really miserable out there it was windy and raining and she almost lost her bike a few times it almost went out from under it so Same. it was pretty bad out there i think
0: We'll chat about your mom and, and James in, in just a moment, but as far as the run, I mean, the run was, was pretty much, you couldn't have asked for better. It got a bit wet towards the end, but it was uh, nice and cool. I mean, East London's sort of famous for being quite hot and muggy this time of the year, and I think we, we had, as far as conditions go, probably as close to perfect as you as you could get. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I love the run. Um, I, I like running on the rain, so I didn't mind that bit of it too much, and I guess I got the added boost of finding out
0: James' journey had one at the start, which was a help. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. I, that was one question I wanted to ask you. You, James Cunema's sister. James, I mean, yeah. everyone knows he's an absolute machine. I mean, finished fourth at Kona last year, picked up his first win on South African soil this weekend. Do you feel pressure being his sister that people expect you to perform that well? Or not necessarily win races, but to, to, to really, really perform well?
1: Um, I don't know, I guess I don't feel pressure to perform well. I think everyone understands that being a pro takes a lot of hard work. But people do when they find out say things like, Oh, you'll be fine then you've got the genes and stuff like that but and I suppose I do have a bit of an advantage with the genes. We've clearly got something got something going right. But I don't I don't feel pressure to perform. Um I think people are just amazed that we
0: all do it, um, actually. That's what I love about, about your family, Megan. That I mean, James is, is like I mentioned, he's a, he's a fantastic athlete. You did a PB, you've done a couple, how many, two or three of these now? Two. Two now, okay. So yeah. you've done two of these things now, you, you pretty much sucked into the sport, there's no going back now. And your mom did her first one on Sunday, which I think is absolutely amazing. I mean, from a family perspective, yeah. I mean, have you guys always been really active?
1: Um, yeah, we have. I mean, my parents have both done comrades. They did comrades while we were children. Um, my dad is supposed to be doing it again this year. Um, he does a stress fracture at the moment, so we'll see. Um, yeah, we are all very active. I mean, one of my other brothers was also doing comrades this year, so it is something we've always done. We've, I've been a runner since I was five, I don't know, we went to cross country as children and just it was what we did, Saturday afternoons we went and ran cross country so I guess we have always been been an active family so
0: just expected it's pretty cool growing up in a family like that i mean i funnily enough also grew up in a comrades family my dad's done a whole bunch of them and, and and i look at my out of out of the three kids in my family my sister's not that active at all but my brother and i are both i mean he's a multiple ironman finisher so am i we've both done multiple comrades so it's it's actually i mean as a as a parent now i love seeing it i mean i love seeing my kids around the races and and they just really enjoy the the environment and I always joke that I'm I'm probably condemning them to run Comrades one day, but it, it, it's a cool environment to, to grow up in and to bring kids up in. I, I mean, I don't know. I loved it. I don't know if, if you did too. It was just, I mean, I've got no regrets about being in a family like that.
1: Oh no, I loved it too. I mean the early mornings, Sunday mornings, going to races with my parents, we we had a big group of friends, all their friends had kids our sort of age and it was they were our friends. We used to see them at races and stuff. It was really it was a really good environment to be in. It was, and part of it was being active. We all started running. We ran races, we won things as juniors and stuff, all of
0: us. So it was really good. And and tell me a little bit about your mom's journey to to half on on Sunday. You said she's run comrades. I mean, when did the the multi sports sort of thing start? Is she always cross trained, or is it is it a fairly recent thing?
1: Oh no, it's it's very recent. She did try last year, so twenty thirteen. She also started seventy point three, but she didn't make the bike cut-off. Um She the year before twenty twelve, she couldn't swim across the length of the pool. Um, so, she had James teach her how to swim in freestyle, and she decided she wanted to the challenge. And So, she decided she was going to do on of man. and that is actually what got me into it, because I thought, well, if she's going to be training for it, I should too. And so, we did all our training together, and she has come so far. I mean, she had never ridden a bike with gears, and she, she started out at 73, 2013, and It was going to be touch and go for the bike cutoff. Unfortunately, she didn't make it. And she said after that, it's never going to happen. She's never going to do it. She's never going to get fast enough. But... I don't know what happened during the year. Next spring I knew she was entering again and we were both entered again. So we decided to train again together and we trained really, really hard and she managed to pull it off this year. She made the bike pedal and I think a few people thought I was completely mad when I saw her on the run because I just started screaming and shouting and half arving everybody. It was, I was really excited to see her
0: there. How, how tough is she that she finished on Sunday?
1: Oh, she's she's really really happy. She's got her medal hanging on her. Mirror. She's yeah. She's it was a it was a perfect day out for the customers. It really was. We couldn't be happier. Everybody was. Everybody did what they wanted to do. So. We were really, really
0: happy. That, that's, that's amazing. I mean, I look at James and Jody as well. I mean, Jody's obviously. I mean, this is her, her fourth win in East London, so she's old hat at this. She she obviously the course suits her. She loves the course and that as well. But but for James, his first win here in South Africa, there was a lot of pressure on him to perform in SA and and whether it be at, at this one or at, at full in Port Elizabeth, it must must have been tough for him. Uh, sort of knowing that, that he's as good as he is. I mean, fourth in the world at, at in in Kona last year. But he just he didn't have that win here, so is he is he relieved that he's got it now? Has he spoken much about that?
1: um yeah, I think he's he's pretty relieved um I know at the awards he he told everyone Paul was telling him that he's got the monkey off his back at last, and I think it is it is a bit like that. it was something that hung over him for a while um you know you can't really say you're the best South African pro until you've won South African races and to have done it now I think he's, he's really, his confidence has gone up another, another level and I think everyone should watch out it i in South
0: Africa. Yeah. April. Uh, I've also I've got a funny feeling. He, I, I think he's going to do the double too, Megan. I, I just he's in unbelievable yeah. form and he's just getting better and better. So, yeah, uh, we'll be holding yeah. thumbs and hope that he does it. But yeah, congratulations to you once again as well. Please pass on our best Thank to your you. mom and James. I think it's fantastic and I love just seeing it being a family sport. There are so many people who where husband and wives and kids and and everyone sort of do it and brothers and sisters. So it's just really cool. It's an amazing sport and it's a cool cool sport to be around as a family. So you. Guys are just the, the perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I'll pass on all your issues. Megan Cunnerman joining us on Tri Talk SA. Thank you very much for your time, and we'll definitely catch up soon. There have been a couple of amazing stories uh, that have come out of this last weekend at Ironman 70.3, and so I've got one of the people involved in one of those amazing stories on the show with us this week, uh, Bonita Suckling. Welcome on to USA. Thanks for chatting to us, and congrats on, on your finish on Sunday. Thank you very much, Brad. really appreciate that. Thank you. Bonita, the reason I wanted to chat to you, I got an email from you uh, in the build-up to 70.3, just with a little bit about your journey and how you got into uh, triathlon and, and sort of what your plans and ambitions are and, and why you're doing it. And uh, I mean, your story's quite sad, but there's there's lots of hope that's come out of uh, your story. Tell us a little bit about how you you got into the sport, where you were, and and, and sort of why you got started.
2: Well, thank you very much, Brad. Thanks for your words. Um, obviously, the reason I wrote the email was because you were part of my um, inspiration to get started. So, thank you very much for making a a life-changing um, decision happened for me. Really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, my story is really sad. In 2008, my only son was diagnosed with an anaplastic astrocytoma, and that is basically, it is a terminal uh, form of brain cancer. Um, Jed was and is um, and continues to be my inspiration. Uh, he was my only child. And, yeah, he, he went through a really difficult time fighting um, the cancer. And, obviously, um, yeah, he gave it his all and he passed away at home in my arms at the age of six years, eight months and eight days. And, yeah, my downward depression and uh, spiral happened shortly after he passed away. Just everything was too much. Uh, I try to take my own life. Um, it, it was it was tragic. There was no purpose. There was nothing happening, and yeah, it, it, it was it was the most dark and devastating time of my life. We're not supposed to bury our kids, you know. It, it's not how life works, and it was the most devastating thing. Um, I often quote a saying that says, "Love is composed of the soul." Single soul inhabiting two bodies, and Jed, Jed and I were basically like that. And after he passed away, I felt like I was an empty shell, this soulless person, um, just existing with no direction and no function and and no purpose. Um, and he was he was just such. Even before he passed away, um, I wrote him my email that uh, one of his last spoken sentences was: each day we'd look at each other and we'd say, "What do we want to do today?" And um, about a week before he passed away, he was, he was paralyzed. He couldn't lose his legs, he couldn't lose his arms, he was lying he use his neck, he couldn't move his little neck. And I looked at him and I said, my boy, what are we going to do today? And he looked me, looked at me with his big blue eyes and he said, Mommy, let's make today the funnest day ever. And I had those words tattooed across my back. And sadly, after he passed away, I, was, I wasn't living it. So I really wasn't living it. And, yeah. That's that's this. This is how my journey started. Is uh, I met. um, I feel like I'm rambling now, but no, It was was December 2011. So I keep going. Yeah, please. (laughs) It was. very much, Brad. It was December 2011. I met a guy. Um, and all you could do was speak about Iron Man. He was actually quite irritating. He said then he spoke about Iron Man, Iron Man the entire time and how Iron Man had changed his his whole life. Um he then showed me the YouTube clip of the Tim Hoyt story where the father and son go across the finish line. Such an inspirational story. And he showed it to me on, on his little um cell phone and um he, he said to me, you know, this, this is what I do and I'm an Iron Man and he was like bragging and, you know, I was sitting there all despondent, you know, I just lost my son. Um, unlike you, who was hundred and sixty five kilograms. At that time I was about fifty kilograms, grossly un- uh underweight, um, very little interest in food life or anything and here was this person telling me all about his excitement when he crossed the finish line at, at Iron Man. The thing that helped me from that conversation um, was the Tim Hoyt story. And I went home and I watched it, um, you know, about the father that crosses the finish line with his physically challenged son. And um, I just watched it over and over, and about the hundredth time I'd watched it. I felt this mammoth connection to the father and son. You know, my son was physically um, broken by the cancer. He was, at the end, he was blind, mute. Paralyzed, he was just a shell, and only cognitively was he aware of what was going on. Other than that, his body had just completely deserted him. And so my journey began, and and I started to think maybe I could, you know, I could carry my son. I wouldn't be able to physically carry him, but I could carry him in my heart, and my and my journey to discovery began. And I started to use the negative energy and the negative pain and hurts, um, into something really positive. And it, yeah, it was it was something that uh, inspired me and obviously I watched your, your movie as well and um, being underweight I thought if, if this study can transform himself mentally and physically I thought if Brad can do it I can do it and I started eating more and and yeah paying attention to nutrition and, and starting to train
0: and yeah and you got to to 70.3 on the weekend but I, I just Vinita it must be really difficult I mean I'm a parent and I can't imagine what it must be like to lose a child but one thing I love about your story is that you're just using that, that pain and sorrow to do something good, that you're you, you sort of uh, doing this in, in honor of Jed and doing it with him, but you're also using it to raise funds for, for other kids and, and families that are, are struggling with the same sort of thing that you have went through.
3: Absolutely,
2: Brad. Um, You know, I did try and give the corporate world a bash after losing my son, but I can remember looking in an application form and it said number of children. I thought if I took the yes box, I'd be lying to the corporate. And if I took the no, no box, I'd be lying to my son because he was really much still part of my life. And, you know, just the small things of not being able to fit into the corporate world, they become so evident to me. So I started a non-profit organization. We're now a public benefits organization, and I'm raising funds for Rainbows and Smiles doing this on my Back of Buddy page and in honor and in memory of my son, I'm hoping to raise some funds so that I can make a difference in the life of, of other children that are fighting with dread disease and hoping to make a difference in their lives
0: and then the, the, the sort of build up to 270.3 and and we'll we'll get into the race just now because it's so funny it's it's often the case i mean we've spoken to people on this 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 program where where they've had huge obstacles to get over and and it just seems that more and more things get thrown in their path but as they get stronger and stronger they can overcome them but we'll we'll talk about your race and, and some of the things that happened to you on Sunday but as far as the build up goes i mean it's been a, a fairly easy uh Sort of journey for you from a training perspective, I mean you, you when you look at you you're pretty athletic, you mentioned you are underweight, but how difficult have you found that that journey of of going from pretty much a couch potato essentially to to finishing in half uh, half iron man <laughs> there'
2: nothing easy about it at all like, um, I was pretty underweight. I'm no longer underweight at all. I have managed to eat myself up to a whopping 64 kilograms and actually need to watch my nutrition and food intake now. So no, definitely, Um the booze and recovery shakes have made a huge impact in my, in my weight plan. No, it's been very difficult. Um, you know, Brad, my life revolved around my son. He was never exceptionally, um healthy, um, that for for two years and 11 months I slept on hospital floors outside of ICU buildings, I ate hospital food, um, I ate when possible, if possible. So my, my nutrition was lacking, I'd done absolutely no exercise. I slept when my son slept I eight when my son ate, So there there was no there's no grounding. You know, I wasn't sporty at school, uh, you know, there there's no grounding. People are like, oh, no, no, I yeah, I haven't swum since school, you know, I haven't swum since kindergarten, you know. <laughs> it's been an incredible difficult journey for me. So every single step of the way has been a, a build up, um and, and it's been difficult and it's been hard and yeah, no, it hasn't been easy at all. And watching your video with that blister when you do the comrades, um, that was one of the things that kept me going in 70.3. No, it's been a real difficult uphill journey this training for Ironman.
0: I mean, let's talk about the race. It's... At the time it probably wasn't very funny, but thinking back now, it's it's actually I mean, I, I, I chuckle a bit because I always say, like when, when when the odds are stacked against you to start with, things just keep on going wrong and, and you get tested along the way and you were tested on Sunday, tell us what happened in the swim. Uh, oh, you know,
2: Brad, and and if I tell you I was over prepared, eh, it was it was unbelievable. I'd gone for full body massage. I'd had my bike cleaned. I took it to the bike shop to have a clean. I paid seventy rand to have my bike again and everything was perfect. I had the perfect wetsuit. everything was just absolutely nothing could go wrong. Um, you know, I put these gated skins on my back, and I was so scared of a of a tire um puncture. Yeah, I started the swim, um, just over 1K into the swim. Um, I was uh, kicked in the face um, by a breaststroker. So that just gives you an indication of what a strong swimmer I was. I was out there with the breaststrokers. <laughs> and um, I was kicked in the face, and, and my goggles snapped forward and obviously snapped back into my eye. And on the on the roots, on the journey back, it uh, took a layer of my cornea of my eye off. And although is isn't a serious injury, it sounds really serious, but the eye heals itself very quickly. If I tell you that it is a bastard painful thing, um, the language I need to watch here, Brad, because it is (laughs) excruciatingly painful. Um, It really, really was. From the minute it happened to the entire you know, 24 to 48 hours afterwards, it was excruciatingly painful. So, yeah, that's how my race, my swim started.
0: And, and you, you visited the, the Medic tent how many times on, on race day?
2: I have visited the Medic tent four times. But you know, I just, just wanted to um, give some credit to 70.3. I've done a few little triathlons building up to 70.3 just to practice Translizan and stuff. But, but I have to say that it was incredible. It was almost as if, while it, like if you picture it in slow motion, while my goggles were on moved back, the lifeguard instantly all around me. So they, they'd seen it immediately and they were all around me like, are oh, you okay? Are oh, you okay? Because they, were, they were checking for concussion. They were checking everything. And, and on my, on my swim back, it was, uh, I had a, a lifeguard swimming right next to me the entire time. Every time, cause I, I I'm a, a lefty. I only breathe to the one side. Every time I breathe, I saw this gorgeous rhythm looking down at me, you know, mm-hmm. just checking that I was okay. So the entire swim, I felt completely safe, although I had this excruciating pain. Yeah, so from the swim, ran out straight to the medic team, and, yeah, that's where I started to bond with the medic. And um, I was given my first dose of, of dots, and they kind of immediately knew um, what the injury type was. I was seen to by a doctor. And um, I just I looked at the, the guy, and he said to me, um, you know, I would advise you to pull out of the race. And I, I looked at him, and I went, my son is dead. I'm doing this five the kids with cancer. And he, like, he said to me like, afterwards, he said that he knew at that very moment I was prepared to rip my eyeball out, but I was continuing the race. And <laughs> from that moment on, I had the support of the medics from there because I visited the medic tent after that another three times and, and really bonded with them. And um, every time I ran into the medic tent, they were like, I've been expecting you. And they had the eye drops and, you know, and I had my little, my spin set of eye drops and, Uh, I did the cycle leg with a sock covering my one eye as an eye pass. Um, And then, yeah, the run, I had a sponge over my face. And after crossing the the finish line and, yeah, but you think you've done it, I went straight down into the medic tent and I had my arms open. I had a big hug from the doctor. And that's actually where I felt like a celebrity, was in the medic tent. And, yeah, there was just we've been expecting you, and wow, these it, and all these medics and nurses, and they were clapping, and they were all emotional, and, and I don't know, it was amazing.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Benita, but, the, I mean, the journey doesn't end here. You, you're going on to, to PE and, and beyond. I mean, you've got some big goals, uh, still what you want to do in, in, the, in the sport of triathlon.
2: I do, um, you know, Brad. The 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 vision is to actually do um, the full Iron Man and memory of my son, and to raise funds for for other children um, during the, the course of this. So I am going on.
0: Well, you'd be right to think that this is a running podcast as opposed to a triathlon podcast as we welcome our next guest onto the show. Uh, Lusapo, April, uh, thank you for joining us here on Tri Talk SA this afternoon. It's good to catch up. Okay, evening, Lusapo, the reason I wanted to chat to you is uh, this past weekend in East London was the Ironman 70.3 and you were part of the race. You took part in, uh, in the relay as one of the, the relay team runners. And uh, it was just amazing to see you out on that course. I mean, uh, a lot of people out there this weekend, over 3,000 people taking part. I mean, can you describe your your uh, sort of experience in East London this past weekend around the race? Ah, the race was well
3: organized, And the atmosphere was wonderful. The support, people cheering me on. And everyone was interested in me. I didn't realize I was that popular. But uh, overall, I had good fun. Cause it was my first outing since New York,
0: so I just went out there yeah, and fun, which I did. I saw you saw you out on that run. I was coming back off the bike. Obviously, your team was a lot faster than I was. Uh, you were out on the run already, and and I think you were probably on your last lap, because then I I saw you again uh, when I was heading out on on my run, and and you were coming back to finish up and. I mean, you were you were absolutely flying when I saw you. Or was it your first experience of triathlon and being at a triathlon and seeing athletes in, in action there? Yes, it was my
3: first experience, and of which I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. Hopefully, we um, uh, My 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 cyclists won the the this year. Hopefully, next year we're gonna go out there and win, and hopefully, we're gonna try and find out what's the record so that we can chase that one.
0: Yeah, it sounds brilliant. I mean, that's. Uh, it must have been also quite difficult for you because I thought about this before the race. That for someone like yourself, who's used to running at the front end of a field, there's not too many people to worry about. You don't have to contend with backmarkers. But on Sunday, obviously the teams were in the last batch, so so you guys were were fighting and making your way through uh, a whole bunch of people all the time and. It must have been really difficult for you to run at the pace you want to run when there's lots of people and particularly slower people around you that you almost have to dodge and, and move around. Was, was that a bit of a challenge on Sunday?
3: Yes, it was a bit of a challenge because sometimes you'd find like you're passing 20 people and up blocking the road so you have to, you know, uh, run around them or just in between between them. Uh, it's kind of like lost a um, few seconds on my run because I was hoping to do under 62, 63 seconds. On Sunday, But um, um, I'm happy with the time that I've clocked because the course is a bit challenging. Uh, it's not like a, a flat and fast one, you know, because you've got a fungus seal, you have to climb it twice, which is a an easy thing to do. But uh,
0: overall, I'm happy. Sapa, so I'm telling you, you making all the triathletes that really suffered on Sunday's hearts very happy. If, if someone of your calibre running says that it's a tough course, it, it makes the rest of us feel a lot better about our runs on the weekend. United, good, man. Fantastic. The start April, yeah. I mean, I look forward to seeing you out on on uh, on that, that triathlon course again next year, seventy point three. But as far as your running goes, uh, you said it was your first outing since New York, which you had a, a phenomenal run uh, in the Big Apple last year. What well, What's what's the plans for twenty fourteen from from the running perspective? Um, I have got a
3: uh, postive coming out on the twenty second of April. And uh, two weeks before that, um, so I've got the world half I'm supposed course I was happy if I'm in the team. But ASAF have contacted me, cruising me if I'm available for for selection. Of which I told them that I was available and interested to go and represent my country out there. And uh, they've also got the half marathon, which is uh, sponsored by Jumbo, which Jumbo is one of my sponsors. So I'm currently running in in London.
0: Okay, and and Boston. I mean that's a fairly new development that you you're going to be be racing in 2014. Uh, I I mean, you're not going to make up the numbers. You you would love, I mean, Boston Marathon, as far as marathon running goes, is is one of the, the, the sort of iconic races on, on the global calendar. You, you want to win that race?
3: Ah, for sure, every race that I'm training for, I'm going out there to win it. And uh, I think Boston is going to fit us well because of training at Oxbeck, so I won't have any problems with those hills because they're not that bad compared to what I'm used to. So I'm looking forward to
0: Boston and having a good show there. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned the the course at Boston, the Sapo. I mean, as far as uh, the global marathon goes, there's a few that are really fast, and and Boston's not one of the fastest ones around. I mean, it's it's iconic on the calendar, but it's it's not an easy marathon as far as the international marathons go. That, that, that's the
3: challenge I mean. I like about uh, these races that I choose because uh, you know it's kind of like challenging, and the good part is that uh, there are no pacemakers where you're going to. A race run about
0: thirty-two km. The race that's on a good day in those races. Fantastic, Lissopo, April, Thank you so much for joining us today. i uh, Appreciate your time, and and yeah, we look forward to seeing you at a at a new at a triathlon in in the near future. Okay, awesome. Well, that's it. Another episode of Tri Talk SA done and dusted. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully you found those stories inspiring. Uh, Megan and uh, Benita, thank you for sharing your stories with us. And the April as well. Good to have you on the triathlon scene. Looking forward to seeing you racing and hopefully going uh, a bit faster. Not you personally, but the rest of your team at uh, Ironman 70.3 in 2015. Looking forward to that. As always, uh, from myself, Brad Brown, have yourself a superb week. Uh, Be in touch. Podcast at TryTalkSA.co.za. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, It is at at TryTalkSA or pop a message onto our Facebook page as well. Just go to facebook.com forward slash SA. Uh, if you're going on to do Ironman South Africa in April after 70.3, best of luck with your preparations. Uh, if you've got other goals, I'd love to hear what they are. If you're not going to Port Elizabeth, what are you doing next? Uh, pop us an email or a tweet. From myself, Brad Brown, have a great week. We'll chat next week. Cheers.